sports yak. Oh One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Welcome, everybody, to episode 78 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host. Hey, we know each other. He's a friend from work. It's Grant Youngsma. Grant. Hey. Friend from work, Phil. (laughs) Look who it is. It's Grant. Yep. Uh, I knew that was going to be our intro before I even watched the movie, uh, because I had obviously seen it before. Uh, Both of us have seen all the MCU movies, but um, going back to watch... Thor Ragnarok. That was like the one scene that I remembered was yeah. the the um, arena fighting gladiator style scene. So uh, we're going to be talking about that in a little bit. Thor Ragnarok. Uh, also High School Musical, the musical of the series, season two. Uh, the last couple episodes, three and four. We did review the first couple episodes already. You can go back in, in, in our podcast po- podcast feed and find that episode if you want to hear our thoughts on the first couple episodes of the season. Uh, if you're just joining us for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus, and um, we're getting into some fun stuff here before Loki. So Loki's yep. coming up next week, and we're going to be reviewing every episode of that. Uh, but before we get into the main discussions for the episode, we'd like to do news of the week. Uh, Grant, what did you find that was interesting in the Disney Plus or uh, yeah Disney Plus news yep. r- world? Well, um, <coughs> as many of you know. Uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers just ended last week or so. Yeah. When we are recording about eight days ago. Um, and we've been talking throughout the season whether or not they'd get more of the old Mighty Ducks to come back. And lo and behold, we have Keenan Thompson, who currently is making his name known on SNL. I would say that's his biggest thing right now. Oh, yeah. And uh, he, of course, played Russ Tyler in D2 and D3. And he has thrown his name out there that if there is a season two, he wants to be in it. I think it's funny that he's saying if there is. Like, yeah. is there is there any world where there's not going to do a season two? Like, I, I, I think it's pretty much a given. Yeah. So that's exciting for sure um, because... That's pretty much him and Charlie now. Both pretty much have been confirmed to be in season two. So that's exciting. We were literally just talking about him a couple up, couple up. Or was it? No, it was last week. Last yep. last, last episode, we were talking about the absence of Joshua Jackson is obviously felt. Um, but then I think the other the other big one as far as stars is Keenan. Like I yeah, I think a lot of people probably would love to see him come back. So, mm-hmm. um, and I mean. 
knuckle puck would be fun. Like, oh yeah, for I, sure. I, I don't know if they'll do that or not. Like, it'd be awesome if he taught the knuckle puck to somebody. Um, That'd be pretty cool. On, on, you know, on the the don't bother. I guess the ducks now. Um, mm-hmm. like spoilers for <laughs> season one, but um, yeah, that's that would be a lot of fun. Uh, and he's always enjoyable. Like he's funny and everything he does. So yeah. I mean, he's a better actor now, but than oh, yeah, he was sure. even in the, I and mean, he's great in the movies, but like, obviously you watch him on SNL and he's, he's definitely matured. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's like, he's like Joshua Jackson being the, being the other actor, but like these guys are the only two actors that really have continued on. Right. Yeah, pretty much. I, I I don't think I've seen anyone else from, yeah. from the, like Averman is like that one actor that you'd be like, okay, well I'm sure he moved on to like adult acting and maybe he has, I don't mean to, you know, slight him. Like if he's done like some, you know, movies I've not seen or something yeah. like that. But like, as far as like public consciousness, it's really those guys like Joshua mm-hmm. Jackson famously went on to do, um, uh, Oh, that's that Fringe. CW. Well, yeah, I was thinking like even before the uh, Fringe, there there's a CW show that he was in. Oh, I can't. Remember I can't remember the name of it. I always think nine hundred two one zero, but it's like the other one, oh, <laughs> the yeah. one that's not nine hundred two one zero. And then uh, I obviously never watched that show. And then uh, Fringe is like one of my favorite shows of all time. So mm-hmm. like I know a lot of people were watching that. It got five, I think five seasons if I remember correctly. So um, a lot of people know Joshua Jackson. He hasn't been, you know, recent, like what have you done for me lately kind of thing. But, uh, Keenan Thompson, obviously like every week is, you know, yeah. people are watching him all the time. So he would be a big get. Um, I think they would have to pay those guys a lot of money, but if we've learned anything from Disney is they have a lot of money for this stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah, that's a big story. I, I think, I think a lot of people would tune in if they didn't tune in for season one, knowing that those guys are coming back, mm-hmm. even as like, they're only going to be on the show for a couple episodes. Like that would be enough reason for some people just to tune in on, on its own. Yeah. So yeah. Um, let's see. Looking through other news. I didn't, I didn't really see anything of notes that was like super, super huge. I, the, the one thing I, I saw that was a little interesting and it, I mean, it's just, it's just more talk about WandaVision, but like, currently Paul Bettany does not have a contract with Marvel. Like he Hmm. doesn't have a contract for any, any future movies or properties. So it's kind of curious. Like, is, is he done? Like at at the end of one vision, I was like, this is awesome. Like I would love to see more of him. I'd like to see more of white vision, you know, like that kind of stuff. And I don't know that they're planning on it. Like I, I think like his story in the MCU might be told at this point. Um, you know, he certainly went out with a big bang, but, um, yeah, I'm, is he done with the MCU? Is kind of the 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 uh, the story there. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot could, of people think it might be the final time we see him. Yeah, the final chapter has already been seen. I I I love like Paul Bettany is so awesome to me after WandaVision. He's obviously great as the Vision in the in the movies and stuff like that. But I mean you have to know if you've seen everything Marvel has produced that his shi- his most shining star moment was WandaVision for yeah. sure. Cause he just got to be himself and, and, you know, kind of break out of that, that cyber role that he kind mm-hmm. of had been fixed to. So yeah. So it was awesome. And like, I'll be really sad if he doesn't come back, but how many, ca- how many characters can they really keep track of exactly <laughs> at the same time? Um, I mean, spoilers for Endgame, I guess. Fast forward 30 seconds if you haven't seen it. I mean, you've had a couple of years by now, but I mean, they don't have to keep track of Iron Man anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Vision is perhaps out. The Hulk is kind of always been in and out. Um, yeah. But 
like I don't know. They're they're adding like Valkyrie is like now like a kind of like a rising star. Yeah. Um, you've got the uh stuff with Wakanda, like the the women fighters and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Like, I know they can do a lot of stuff on Disney Plus, but I I feel like Marvel, if anything, is kind of like okay, who who can we just like put to rest? And <laughs> so, it and it kind of feels like Thor is going to be put to rest after his fourth movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you love these characters. Captain America's already been put to rest. I mean, like, at some point, it's been, we've had over a decade of these movies. And, yeah. like, some of these guys have been in, like, seven or eight films. So, like, I mean, how many films is Iron Man in? <laughs> like, half of them? Yeah. As a cameo? I mean, or he had the three Iron Man. then all, all the Avenger ones. Then four Avenger movies. Then he was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Um, so that's already eight right there. Yeah. I guess he doesn't appear in far from home. He's referenced, but yeah. Um, so yeah, he's been in a lot, like at least nine, if not more. Oh, and and civil war nine. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, at some point, like you kind of have to say, okay, Downey Jr. Like you've, you've had your time. Like we want to give other people the shot to be in this universe. And they're bringing up new characters, even this later this year, like, um, Shang-Chi and, um, I'm really excited about Miss Marvel, even though it's just a a Disney plus, Mm -hmm. not a movie. Um, you know, Kamala Khan, like there's going to be new characters that we want to see more of. And boy, like if Endgame is any idea of like how many characters there are in the, in the MCU, we saw them all on screen at the same time fighting Thanos it's like okay, like I kind of got to cap it off at like twenty five. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's just get, like it could be a large number, but like we're not going to have forty characters at at some point. You know, like we have to we have to retire some people. So, and it sounds like we're going to get a lot of Doctor Strange. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. We got to see a little bit of Doctor Strange and Thor Ragnarok. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that's a character that we're, is still kind of new. Like we don't. He's. I know he's had a, a major movie, but like we're still kind of getting to know him and his abilities and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. There's a. I mean, I guess Black Black Widow has essentially been sunsetted. We haven't seen the movie yet. In yeah. Ju- that's coming out in July to see what happens with her character, but she's probably been sunsetted. Hawkeye, like uh, Hawkeye, w- after his show's probably about done. Probably done. Yeah. I. I don't. So, like, in light of all of that, I don't know that it's super surprising that Vision might be done as well. Yeah. Um, like, if anyone that's been around since the beginning days mm-hmm. of Marvel, it, it kind of makes sense that they're like, okay, you've, you've had a decade, like, we're, we're going to phase you out. So, no pun intended, MCU phase. And, I mean, Spider-Man could be about done, too. Yeah. At least uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, I could see them doing a different type of Spider-Man. But I'd say after this one, maybe one more after that. And then he's probably about done too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I And I think I'm okay with that. I, I'm ready for some new characters. I really am. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Br- bring on the new stuff. Um, all right. Uh, which one did you want to talk about first? Um, we've got Thor Ragnarok and High School Musical, the musical of the series. Let's go with Ragnarok first. Okay. Sounds good. Um, we'll talk. We'll talk about the Loki catch up, I guess, afterwards. Like yep. towards the end, with what what else have you been watching? Uh, I have. Not, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but Grant did, and um, I know Loki's in this movie and it's referenced in the Loki catch up. But we'll we'll let uh, Grant kind of catch us up after we talk about the movie. Um, Thor Ragnarok, um, a movie I have not seen since it first came out. 
Um, had you seen it any time before, like between like theater release and then? I think I've seen it a couple times. Okay. Um, so I've probably seen it like four times total. Oh, wow. This is only my second time. I, um, it came out in 2017. So at the time of this recording, about four years ago, uh, I had not seen it, well, three and a half really, because it was like a late 2017. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I had not seen it since it originally came out. I knew I was going to love it just because I remember just, I mean, completely falling in love with it the first time. Yeah. But I don't revisit a lot of movies very often. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it has to be something I'm really in the mood for or something we're doing for the show or something like that for, for me to really have the impetus to, to jump into it. Um, I honestly don't watch a lot of like TV movies. Most of what I watch is for the show. Yeah. And then occasionally I'll throw in another movie that's, you know, WB or something like that. But I mean, I'm mostly into video games and then, mm-hmm. and then when I have extra time, I, I throw on a movie or a TV show, but, um, yeah, so I, I don't go back to movies very often, but this is one I always wanted to go back to regardless if it was for the show or not. I knew I would always revisit it yeah. at some point because it's just, it's so great. Um, it's very good. Talk for about, sure. talking about a follow up to Thor two, by the mm-hmm. way, which is, I think I'm a lot of people's list is one of the lowest ranked MC movies is the dark world. Yeah. One right? Thor dark world. Yeah. I mean, I re- I remember liking just about everything that MCU has ever produced, but Dark World was definitely one of those one of those where I was like, okay, like it's you know pretty good in some parts, but like not. I'll, I'll pull up some rankings while you talk. Phil. Okay. Um, but then they followed it up with Thor Thor Ragnarok, different director this time, right? Did Waititi didn't do Dark World? Dark World, no, did he? He did, but he did Ragnarok. Yeah, and uh, I mean a lot of people. Like if you're ranking like directors for, um, for the MCU stuff, Taiki, Taika Waititi is definitely up there. Um, I would say probably the other one is James Gunn, like mm-hmm. the the guy that did the Guardians yep. stuff. Um, so I got it for you, Phil. Yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes has a list of all 23 Marvel movies. Okay. Why well, guess what number 23 is? Thor Dark World. Oh, it is. Oh. And so it's even worse than The Incredible uh, Hulk. Oh, really? With Edward Norton. Okay. Uh, Iron Man 2 will be 21. Uh, Age of Ultron is 20. Wow, I, f- I would have thought Iron Man 3 would be down there. The original Thor is 19. Yeah. Captain Marvel, 18. Iron Man 3, 17. Wow. First Captain America, 16. Ant-Man's 15, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is 14, Infinity War is 13. No way. Ant-Man and the Wasp is 12, Doctor Strange is 11, Winter Soldier is 10, Spider-Man Far From Home is 9, Guardians of the Galaxy is 8, Captain America Civil War is 7, The Original Avengers is 6, Spider-Man Homecoming is 5, Thor Ragnarok number 4. Wow. Iron Man, number three, Avengers Endgame, number two, and that leaves at number one. What's left? Uh, oh, um, uh, <laughs> the one that we just did. Um, oh, my God. Old, Ultron, Age of Ultron. No, Black oh, did Panther. You, oh, did you already say yeah. Age of Ultron was down low. I, yeah. mean, I guess I missed that one. Black Panther's number one. Okay, that makes sense. According to Rotten Tomatoes. Black Panther was huge when it came out. Yeah. Um, so, Dude, how about... Okay, so Infinity War, War was what number? 12. How about Infinity or War being... 13. How about Infinity War being 13 and Endgame being 2? 
Yes. That's that's crazy to me. Because those movies, to me, are like almost equal love. Like, I, I love the first, the first part of the saga. I, I feel like the thing people don't like about Infinity War is you're so sad at the end. I know, but there's it's... there's really not much happiness. I realize you can't do Infinity you can't do Endgame without Infinity War. Yeah. But I mean, you left the theater being just so depressed. I know, but that's the point. Like that that yeah. was like the, what they were going for. And you were depressed for a whole <laughs> year, Phil. I mean, they they perfectly delivered on what they were going for. So, I don't know. I I loved the first movie. I, and knowing that they were only a year apart, that we'd only have yeah. to wait 12 months to get the rest of the story, I was like, I'm totally down for this. Like, the first movie is so good. The, infin- the, the movie called Infinity War is so good. Yeah. But long story short, they Thor needed a restart after Dark World. Oh, big time. I mean, 23rd out of 23 yeah. on the list. Like, they, they definitely were like, okay, let's change directors. Let's change focus. Let's change, I don't want to say genre, but like, it, this movie's kind of a comedy. Like it's yeah. it's very funny from and left to right. The first two are kind of serious. Oh yeah. Well, the second one for sure is very serious. I didn't think the first movie was as bad as it was on that list. Like it was yeah. it was also pretty low. I actually kind of liked the the first one a little bit, but um the the humor is definitely few and far between and there's a lot of backstory and a lot of explaining and a lot of jargon that you yeah. have to like memorize and stuff like that. And with the second one, they really could have gone the way of, of Thor Ragnarok, and they yeah. chose not to for whatever reason. And that was a bad choice. Uh, and then they, with Thor three, they're like, okay, let's let's do do this one right. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's obviously high on probably a lot of people's list for good reason. Um, uh, what I've been talking enough. I'll, let me throw it to you. Just kind of talk about Thor Ragnarok generally. You can talk about like you know first viewing or this viewing. Yeah. Um, well, the first time I saw it was in theaters, I think opening weekend, because um, I would say Thor is probably, if not my favorite Marvel hero, if not tied with Iron Man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. So I've always loved the Thor movies. Um, I was disappointed with Dark World, but I mean, the original Thor, I mean, it's not as good as Thor Ragnarok, but I mean... I really, and this is kind of a whole, as Marvels, I really don't have any problems with any of the original ones, like Captain America, Iron Man, and so forth. I feel like they've done a really good job introducing, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is phenomenal too. Um, So I definitely wanted to see this opening weekend. We saw it opening weekend, and from the start, I knew that this was going to be a movie that I would own as soon as it came out. And I actually even purchased it on Vudu, I think, when it came out. So I actually do own... (coughs) You can watch this two different ways. (laughs) a digital copy of it as well. And But, I mean, just from the start, with the music, I mean, the soundtrack's phenomenal in this, and... The whole first scene is just hilarious where he's being <laughs> held captive by Ragnarok and he's basically hanging from this chain and um, he just keeps spinning around while Ragnarok's trying to tell his evil plan. I remember seeing that scene in the theater and people in the audience were dying yeah. laughing, laughing so hard, falling out of their chairs. Yeah. And I, and I remember thinking like, what? Like, 
is this the movie we're going to get? Is this going to be like a funny movie? Yeah. Like I, it was so after coming off of dark world, which is all we, re- we really had. And you know, like whatever came out right before this uh, Avengers wise that he was in. But I mean, Thor had never been like a super funny character. Yeah. And it's, it's more like in the original Thor movie. Like I remember a lot of scenes where like, he's talking in like the and thou kind of language. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously very out of place with like all the characters that are the human characters that are around him. And it, the humor comes from him just looking like a fool or being silly around them. Yeah. But in this one, he's actually delivering like really funny lines in, on its own. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's owning the comedic corner of this film. Yeah. And like in the first five minutes, you're like, okay, I'm on board. Like, yeah. this is not what I was expecting. And then, like, the whole scene where he's waiting for his hammer to come. Yeah. And um, he's just talking about, because that's what heroes do. And then <laughs> he he basically tries it again. And, I mean, it just gets off to such a great start. And, like, I mean, even after he uh, kills Ragnarok, um, the whole Loki play... Oh my gosh. Just I, to start out. There's only one scene that I watched twice this last week and it's the Loki play. Yeah. It's hilarious. And um, Loki of course is being dri- or is disguised as Odin and he's I mean you definitely can tell that Loki <laughs> wrote this whole play cuz he's <laughs> literally reciting the whole play <laughs> under his breath. It, the, the play is is basically kind of a retelling of events, but from Loki's perspective. So, yeah. like, Loki's the hero. <laughs> yeah. And he even has made a statue of himself. And, I mean, it just gets off to a great start. I I want to confess something embarrassing. Is one thing that I'd forgotten. Um, I, I totally forgot that Matt Damon was in this yeah. movie. So, the Loki play, if you don't remember, is people dressed up as Thor, dressed up as Loki, even dressed up as Odin, but they are famous actors. I mean, Luke Hemsworth is maybe not famous. He's, uh, he did something on HBO. He was on the Hunger Games. Oh, okay, yeah. And I think he did a series recently too, but anyway. Or, um, no, that's Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah, there there are three Hemsworths. Yeah. Um, so Luke Hemsworth is, is of the three is definitely the least known, yeah. uh, but he does, he's a spitting image of his brother. And so he plays Thor, of course. And then Matt Damon plays Loki. Yeah. And like, so there's a, a brief, like I watched this uh, brief cameo too, but he had a, like a two minute cameo in Deadpool two. Okay. Um, as like a fat, like redneck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think he just likes to do this stuff. Like he yeah. just likes to be in a movie for like three minutes and probably does it for a song. Like, Hey, buy me lunch and I'll be on the movie. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know that for sure. But, um, I mean, when he, when you see his face, I mean, I just started dying. I was cackling so yeah. hard. Um, I had forgot that he was even in it. And then of course, um, how Thor figures out it's Loki. He throws the hammer and basically sets, fake Odin right in front of him. And I mean, of course Loki's going to move out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I thought that's a, it's, it's a quick turnaround. like from the point where you think it's Odin to the point that, you know, it's not him. It's like yeah. f- five minutes, but like, I think it, it works really well. And then it sets up the rest of the movie so perfectly because apparently like all this time Odin's been on earth, mm-hmm. like in banishment basically. And that's so funny when, <laughs> they take that first stop to basically like a retirement home yeah, and it's being bulldozed. And there was like, was he in the building when it went down? (laughs) But yeah, he's 
we'll talk about this a lot more, I think over the next 20 minutes or so, but like the Thor Loki relationship is so cool to me. Oh yeah. I, for I, sure. I love how they relate to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever had a sibling or maybe a friend or something like that, that you've like been in and out of graces with yeah. that, that is their relationship in it. I think the best telling of that in any MCU movie is this one because you get to see them respect each other kind of, um, Thor has a lot of loathing for Loki. Oh yeah. But he also admires him in his own devious kind of way. And he ultimately is his brother. So he does care about him kind of. Yeah. I don't know if everyone's going to agree with me on that, but that's my take on how Thor feels about Loki. Like he is clearly an enemy. I mean, you can see at the end of this movie, I, I don't mean to jump all the way to the end, but like, he's like, Hey, come to earth with me. Like, you know, let's, you know, let's try this out. You know, maybe earth won't reject you, you know, yeah. like he, I don't know. It's it, so even when Loki has essentially killed their father mm-hmm. because by putting him on, on earth, he ages very rapidly and then dies right in front of them. And, and Thor is very angry with him. The next time he sees him, he's, he's not opposed to working with him. It's, yeah. it's just push and pull with them. And I, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's a very unique, uh, relationship for sure um and i mean time after time it's kind of one of those things where thor always wants to make it work but then loki always betrays him because i mean skipping forward to the end i mean he kind of um kind of uh screws over the avengers because um if he would have Loki, just leave the Tesseract alone. <laughs> just just do it. I know it's very tempting because you and it have had a interesting relationship to begin with. But yeah. if you just leave it alone, maybe things will have worked out differently in Infinity War. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then it's not too long after that that we get uh, the villain, uh, Hela. Yeah. Which, as good as this movie is, Hela's as far as like a ranking of villains is pretty low on my list. I, I, she's cool, but like, I mean, you look at Thanos and all the like yeah. Spider-Man and Captain America villains and winter soldiers. So like, so, um, depth, depth wise is very deep, you know, like, uh, Hela's, eh, she kind of came and get, went for me, but, um, she's definitely ominous, especially in that first scene because Thor throws his hammer straight at her and she catches it mm-hmm. and then smashes it with her, ha- with her fingers. Yeah. Like, and like up until this point, you never seen anyone like even come close to wielding the hammer. Like mm-hmm. I guess Captain America briefly, but like, um, which that even <laughs> happened really. Oh, the age of Ultron, I guess. Was, oh yeah, I guess. I think it was right before this was, yeah. It? Uh, maybe maybe a couple of years before this, but like we had not seen anyone like pick it up, mm-hmm. and let alone like catch it. Yeah. And so like when she catches it, I remember the audience gasping in the in the yeah. in the theaters, like oh my gosh. And then it, even that is topped like thirty seconds later or less when she smashes it mm-hmm. into pieces. Like lo, lo, later in the movie, Loki says she she smashed it like glass. Yeah. You know? And so you know, she's being the goddess of death. You're like, okay, this is going to be a formidable foe. Yeah. Um, the only thing that's confusing to me with how they did this movie. And again, this is like a top five MCU movie for me. Mm-hmm. So like, don't hear me like bashing the movie for this. We see, we're introduced to Hela. And then for the next hour and a half, we get a cumulative, maybe seven minutes yeah. with her. She's almost forgotten about. And so we 
come all the way. The heroes finally get to Asgard, which is mm-hmm. literally the last 25 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, I think that was a weird choice for me. That said, we got so many awesome things on Sakaar that yeah. I can forgive it for mm-hmm. that. But um, to have a villain introduced and be so like ominous and formidable in the first 20 minutes and then basically forgotten about for a solid hour after yeah. that is a weird... A re- it's not your typical movie plot sh- you yeah. know, s- style, sh- shaping of the plot. Um, that's really my only negative about the movie, to be honest. Everything else is, is yeah. 100% positive. But. I mean, I, I feel like they kind of done... A, a ton with her on Asgard to begin with because Loki and Thor are on Sakaar. So, yeah. yeah. Um, she just kind of mowed over people yeah. when, when she arrived. So, I mean, I feel like... As and, o- far- and Odin's dead. I mean, yeah. that's part of the plot. But I, I feel like as far as like a dark villain, she's very dark. Yeah. And um, I feel like maybe that's kind of why we didn't get a ton of screen time with her because... They wanted her to be as dark as possible while continuing their PG-13 rating, I would say. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I do like, even though I think her powers, for being the goddess of death, I think are kind of limited, but I do like her ability to just like fashion blades out yeah. of nothing, like mm-hmm. whenever she wants. And at first I was like, oh, it's just little knives and stuff like that. No, she. I mean, she pulls out swords. At one point she pulls out like that massive like, 200 foot long yeah you know blade basically at the very end of the movie like she she actually is very powerful you don't realize it i mean other than smashing the hammer she doesn't do anything like really glorious mm-hmm. in the first two-thirds of the movie and then you really start, start by the end of the movie go oh she's really powerful but like her power of like fashioning blades is actually very unique she can't even rip your eye out phil and and she does <laughs> i forgot that that happened in this movie by the way that's yeah. how much i forgot from this film but um, we also get, so uh, basically like they realize that they can't really go toe to toe with mm-hmm. her or, you know, they're, they're, and, and they're pretty so. much banished. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they obviously would have died if they weren't thrown off. Yeah. So they go from, from there, like from that first introduction to Hela, they go to earth. Right. And that's where they see Odin's, uh, or the, yeah. And that's when Hela's released. Yeah, she goes because to, Odin dies. Right, she goes to Asgard and and basically, yeah, Odin dies. Yeah, Odin dies, and then yeah, she, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I got the order wrong. They pretty much get thrown off the bridge. Yes, that's right. Um, and um, let's see. So and then they, they, they then they go to, straight to Sakar from there. Yep. Okay. Which yeah. you don't really know Loki's at Sakar. Yeah, and uh, dude, Sakar like. Sakaar is like a cool planet question mark. I it's, it's a planet I think, but like it's, um, it's outside of time kind of, it's, it's really weird. It's Mm -hmm. space time doesn't really make sense there. And I I actually think that's really interesting. Yeah. Like for this to exist in our universe. So like they both disappear at the same time, but when Thor arrives, Loki's already been there for like a couple months I think and, you said, and I think it all kind of depends on like where they landed, because like okay. Thor basically lands like in a junkyard. Yeah, and but we never know where Loki really landed. Right. Um, Thor immediately goes into captivity. Thor uh, Loki kind of goes into like this you know, luxury. Yeah, he's, he snibbles his way. Like, yeah, <laughs> and and they arrive there at very different times. So Loki has you know kind of built his way up, kind of thing. And 
the the only uh, other thing I want to mention for right now, it'd probably come up again later. Is there's like that 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 circle before you go into the stadium, into the the uh, arena. arena. There's like a holding area for like the the slaves is what they call them. Yeah, the the gladiators. And like Thor tries to escape, and he goes like. He's like, oh, it's just a circle, and Korg. Because we'll talk a lot about Korg. He's so funny. He, he's like, he's like, it's like it's a circle, or kind of, kind of like a circle. I don't really understand it. Like, it's, it's like the space time loop within this hallway. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know. I, I really like Sakar from a, from the perspective of, of it being very unique for MCU. Like, there's nothing yeah. quite like it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's. I think the planet is really cool. Uh, and then, I mean, very seconds after Thor arrives, basically, we uh, get introduced to Valkyrie. And this is the first movie she's in, yep. right? Okay. It is. So, yeah, we didn't know who she was when she first steps on the scene. Uh, what do you think of Valkyrie? Uh, I mean, I like her as a character, for sure. Um, I feel like um, this was kind of her introduction, but then, I mean, they really haven't. I mean, I've heard she's going to play a much bigger role in Thor, Thunder, and Love. But, I mean, she doesn't play as big of a role in this. Or she does, kind of as her, like, first showing. Right. But then, after that, to this point, you really haven't seen much of her. I mean, you get yeah. a couple minutes of her in Endgame, if that. But then, so... I'm more interested to see like her going forward. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's been four years other than Endgame, We really haven't seen her in yeah. anything. Uh, cause she's not an infinity war at all. I don't think. Mm-mm. So yeah, it's, she's a very interesting character to me. They they do her backstory. I think pretty well in this movie where there's like a group of Valkyries, like yep. a whole, like, you know, battalion basically. And they're like, they're basically like protectors of of the royalty, right? Yeah, like, pre- pretty much. Like secrets, not secret service, but like um, I guess secret service bodyguard. Like, yeah, like type. bodyguards for like the king and queen, basically. Yeah, and they, you know, it's revealed obviously as the movie progresses that Hela is not just you know heir to the throne, but is like the firstborn. Like yeah, like Thor is not even the firstborn. Mm-hmm. So she she is basically the instrument by which Odin takes over like creates an empire of nine yep. nine realms and basically is was at the time the way she tells it is probably true is that he was very war conscious like he mm-hmm. he wanted to do this massive he effort. wanted to conquer and yeah he's he's basically a king of Eng- england's yep. conquering all these colonies right and once they have the colonies once they have all these pl- realms and stuff like that he wants to back off and be uh, peace loving you know he's mm-hmm. a very peaceful uh em- you know emperor at that point and she wasn't down with that. She wanted to, you know, she's got us to death. So she's going to keep, you know, taking yep. people on in war. And he says, I'm not down for that and banishes her. Well, r- the right before the banishment, she basically takes out all the Valkyries. Like all yeah. the Valkyries are dead because of Hela. And the the girl we call Valkyrie, which I don't think she has a name other than Valkyrie, right? Do yeah. they ever call her anything else? Mm-hmm. So the, the girl that goes by the name Valkyrie is like the last of the Valkyries yep. is kind of the idea. So... Yeah, I think she's she's good. Um, I, I I agree with you. I think she, I, I would have liked more screen screen time with her yeah. in this one. Although, again, there's you want to see Loki, you want to see Hulk, you want to see Thor. Like, 
Grandmaster Jeff Goldblum is so funny. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people in this movie. So I guess she got about as much screen time as she could have gotten without the movie being longer. But, but yeah, I, I did uh, want to know a little bit more about her, but I mean, we've got lots of time to tell her more of her story, I guess. Yeah. So. I feel like as we see Thor kind of exit, you'll probably get more Valkyrie. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Grandmaster. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is so perfect yeah. in this role. I could not even, having seen him in the role, I'm like, who else w- would they have gotten? Like, he's like perfect as this as this character. Yeah. And just how he calls uh, Thor, keeps calling him Lord of Thunder. <laughs> and it's just so comical. Yeah. And then he's like, what is that? Like sparkles that come out of your fingers? <laughs> He's a total tool. Oh, yeah. But, like, he owns that planet, man. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone is subservient to him. It's so funny, that that juxtaposition. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he definitely brings comedy to it. And um, just right off the bat, because you can tell that he pretty much runs the show there. Um, you don't really know. I guess, basically, he must have just kind of fell in with like money and stuff. Mm. And cause he's not very powerful. I mean, he has a ton of powerful people that work for him, but him personally isn't yeah. very powerful. Well, I mean, that's evidenced by the, the after credit scene at the very yeah. end when they basically like, there's like, you know, 40 of them that just confront him and he's just like, let's call it a tie. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, they're obviously going to, a revolution gets started because of the events of what Thor and Hulk and mm-hmm. Valkyrie are doing. But the result of that revolution is they easily take him over. Yeah. So they could have always done that, but I guess fear, whatever, Mm -hmm. prevented them from doing so. But yeah, he he basically, his whole control over this planet centers around this contest of champions that he does. And it's so... Like for them, it's like reality TV. You know, it's it's the Gladiator movie, basically. And they it's sold out every time they do a contest of champions battle, it's sold out. He gets a ton of revenue from it and basically has his thumb on the population because yep. you know, he has everything. He owns all the assets in the world. And so, yeah, he's basically his whole, his whole existence hinges on finding contestants yeah. to like fight against his big champion, which I mean, we knew it, I think even going into the movie cause we had seen him in the trailers, but we knew it was going to be the Hulk. So yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I mean, we can just skip ahead to that part. So yeah. um, Thor basically, um, it's basically presented to him, well, if you can beat the Grand Masters champion, then you basically get your freedom. And the scene with Korg is just hilarious. <laughs> well, you're just like Doug. <laughs> And yeah, because he's like, I'm going to defeat him and get out of here. He's like, well, that's what, just what Doug used to say. Yep. <laughs> and then he's calls him New Doug. <laughs> See you later, New Doug. And so, I mean, now Thor is, which we have the Stanley cameo, which I think's hilarious. Oh yeah, how Thor's telling him he will not cut his hair, and <laughs> then he just snips off all of his hair. So now we have short-haired Thor. Which I I like his look. I like yep. his short hair look. I um I I'm I'm into the ladies, not the men. But I will say that he is gorgeous. <laughs> like he's a gorgeous dude in, yep. with short hair. Uh, he looks good with 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 any hair. But I think his short hair look it looks really yep. good. And so then I I almost feel like 
with Gladiator Thor, you're kind of getting like kind of like homage to the comic books and stuff with the helmet and so forth. Yeah. And so then he's all stoked, ready to fight. He just wants to see the Grandmaster's champion. And then out comes the Hulk. <laughs> and then you can take it from there since you had the <laughs> great intro, Phil. Yeah, I mean, he just immediately, like, it's just this goofy grin on his face. I love, I mean, Chris Hemsworth's performance is just, like, amazing. But um, he's like, yes! He's like, yes, we know each other. He's a friend from work. And then he sees Loki, and he's like, Loki, look who it is! And Loki's <laughs> just, like, shuddering in his chair. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, no, I got to get out of here. Um, but, yeah, um, and then they fight, and the fight's really cool, man. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. we knew, like... You know, we've seen like Hulk, Hulkbuster, Hulk st- type stuff. Like, we knew it was going to be good, but like, dude, like, there's almost like a push and pull. Like, I don't want to hurt you, but then he yeah. has to, type of thing. And then when I mean, Hulk is just pummeling him at, at one point, yeah. but then he grabs that like massive hammer. He fashions a hammer, yeah. or pulls a hammer out of the wall, and just wrecks the Hulk with it. Yeah, and like, and the, then you see his thunder capability. Yeah. And for a while there, Thor is just murdering. And like Thor would have probably finished off the Hulk if he wouldn't have had that thing on his neck. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing that stops the fight at the end. At one point, Hulk is on top of Thor and just smashing his fist right into his face, like over and over and over again. And so- that's basically what unleashes the powers. Oh, the, the yeah, the lightning thing. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I. By the way, whenever he goes like white eyed, like glowy eyed, mm-hmm. um, and like turns into like full like god of thunder. Yeah, it's amazing. Like I, I, and he hits him with electric, like an electricity yeah. punch or whatever. Like that, that to me is like my favorite um, thing. At one point, <laughs> the funniest part of the whole fight scene is it's a, a line that Loki delivers, but um, Hulk like puny gods mm-hmm. uh, Thor. Yeah, <laughs> I just you know wham 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 on the floor yeah. on the ground like slamming him on the ground, and um, <laughs> Loki screams, "Yes, that's how it feels." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so and, good. I mean, he's based. I mean, for a while, I mean, Hulk and Thor kind of exchange blows to where, like, the first half of the fight, Hulk is just wrecking mm-hmm. Thor. But then pretty much the second half of the fight, Thor is just wrecking Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, it's not until, um, I guess he gets zapped first, and then uh, Hulk jumps way high into the air and comes down hard on him. Yeah. And then it, it shoots to Korg, and he goes... Oh, another day, another Doug. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't say there's really a winner per se. Yeah, it is pretty even. Yeah. And so, I mean. That's not what Thor says later, though. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, people are, of course, there's always the debate about who the strongest Avenger is. Yeah. And you really don't get an answer from these two. But you do get an answer from the ship. Yep. <laughs> later on. <laughs> um. I guess we can. Ju- we, we're going. We're not necessarily going in order. We can jump to that scene, but I, I do think that scene's really, really funny. It's yep. it's kind of Guardians of the Galaxy humor, really. It's mm-hmm. it's um, bravado mixed with like an immediate takedown. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that in Guardians, but because um, I mean, obviously, each Avenger thinks they're the quote unquote strongest Avenger. Yeah, like you could totally Robert Downey Jr. absolutely would say that. Like, yeah, Tony Stark would absolutely say that. I mean, the only one that probably won't say it is Captain America. Yeah, because. He's Captain America. He's humble. But but the rest of them, I mean, Thor, of course, he would say he's the strongest. Uh, Iron Man would. Hulk would. 
um, Star Lord would. He probably would. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, so I mean, it's just humorous, <laughs> and they they find the Quinjet. He does. Thor does, and he's trying to activate it, and he's like. He's like Thor. Is like not recognized. Like Thor, God of Thunder, not recognized. The strongest Avenger, <laughs> not recognized. And then later on, Banner comes in. He's like, um, there's like, please identify yourself. He's like, strongest Avenger. He's like, welcome, Bruce Banner. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's just humorous. And um, so at this point, those two pretty much have. De- well, I guess Thor kind of uh, has swayed hulk to help him and he's just like and this is one of my favorite parts too when he's trying to persuade hulk to join him he's like oh i hate bruce banner but i love the hulk (laughs) and he's just like saying all this stuff but then when hulk turns into bruce banner he's like oh i hate the hulk i I love bruce banner he's always smash 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 (laughs) so i mean that's a very humorous scene and Basically, those two are on the run, but they really don't have any way of like knowing how to get out of there. And but then they eventually convince Valkyrie. Well, Valkyrie and uh, Loki basically get recruited by Grandmaster to uh, bring in Thor and his champion. Yeah, and so they kind of team up not really because of course loki has his own ideas yeah yeah loki boy the all the team up stuff in this movie is very it's it's hard to progress like he has to thor really has to convince them pretty hard like even hulk like doesn't want to go along with it because he's hulk we kind of skipped over this but like hulk is like permanent hulk now like he's he's not been bruised for two years um, since Age of Ultron. Yeah, like he, so he got, basically got zapped to to Sakaar when he left. As soon as he got into the Quinjet and left, they, he got, like got zapped and pulled to Sakaar, right? And so he's been there the entire time and has n- literally never been Bruce, which is very interesting. And um, doesn't really even want to be Bruce. Like he's he's like, I'm, I'm the Hulk all the time. Like I'm, I'm yeah. happy with it. And it's only when he sees Black Widow mm-hmm. um, towards... I guess about halfway through the film that he even melts down enough to, to like go back to Bruce. And, and it's really only when he's Bruce that he finally like is in the right mindset to like join them. Mm -hmm. And Valkyrie's really slow to come around. Uh, Loki obviously is always just out for him. So, um, you know, he, he really only helps them when it benefits him. Um, Yeah. I mean, he basically gets taken hostage by Valkyrie. Yeah. he, I mean, he like you think he's like actually kind of befriending Thor and like okay, I'll help you guys get off the planet. And then when 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 he has a, a, when he has a chance to to run, he leaves. He tries to leave Thor in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course, you know, Thor incapacitates him. But like, yeah, I mean, you could tell he, he he's never going to do anything unless yep. it benefits him. Exactly, and that's why he's the god of mischief. Yeah, <laughs> he's great in this movie. I um. I I learned I learned quite a bit about Loki, his character, and what he what his agenda is, like what his goals are, and what to what lengths he would, you know, try to look out for number one in this movie. Like, yeah, we, we yes, we learn it from like the original Avengers movie and other things, but 
he like dude, he's such a slime ball in mm. this, and that's that. It gets me really excited for the Loki show. I cannot wait to see what they do now that he is literally the main character of that yeah. show. Um, but yeah, he's he's really great in this, and you know he has a shiny moment at the end of the at, at the end of the movie where he shows up. You know, again, it's for his own. You know, he wants to be seen as the hero. Yeah, <laughs> and so he's like, you know, I, you know, it is I. I have come. I'm your hero, and he like takes all the civilians and gets them off of Asgard. Yeah, you know, away from the fray. But again, it's it's because he wants to be seen as the hero. Yeah, and I mean, the so then they get back to Asgard, and I mean, this fight scene is very short. I would say. Yeah, but I mean, as far as like action and combat. It's a very good fight scene. Same about Thor and Hela. Yeah. Yeah. For as long as it lasts. And it's kind of like the fight Thor versus Hulk. Um, Hela's just beating the crap out of Thor. Yeah. And then, of course, she rips out his eye. And her army of the dead, I guess you could call it. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're about to wipe out all of the Asgardians. And then we get full God of Thunder, which I love the um, line that Hela says, what were you the God of again, brother? And then he just goes all God of Thunder on her. And then we get the soundtrack again. And yeah, it's just an epic. It's the, it's the Led Zeppelin immigrant song. Yeah. You know, ah. Yeah. And so, I mean... It's just done so well. And then um, you kind of get the heart of the message where Asgard, or when Thor goes back to talk to Odin, or Odin Ghost, whatever you want to call him, Mm -hmm. and he talks about how um, he doesn't know how he can defeat her without destroying Asgard. And then Odin... Well, he also talked about the hammer. And I think the hammer is like, it's... It's not a negative, but I think they could have done a better job of, of reminding us that the hammer was gone the yeah. entire movie because they make a big deal about it by the end, but I had kind of forgotten about the hammer at that yeah. point because he had been without it for so long. But yeah, he, he almost like, he, the way he talks to his dad is like, I can't do it without the, ham- the hammer. Mm-hmm. And, and his dad's like, the hammer's a tool. Like yeah. you, you are strong in and of yourself. You don't need mm-hmm. a hammer. Like the hammer just helps you focus your power, yeah. but you are powerful. Like I thought, I wish they had made more of a deal about that in the middle of the movie. And mm-hmm. they just, I kind of forgot about it and then they brought it back. But yeah, he, he thinks he can't even defeat Hela without that hammer. Yeah. And Odin gives him the, the, the mindset to be like, no, you don't, you don't need yeah. that. And then he talks about how Asgard isn't a place. Yeah. It's a people group. Yeah. And wherever those people are, that's where Asgard will be. So then... Is if, that the main takeaway for this movie? I, I, I felt like that was like what we yeah. were meant to walk away with. I, I would say so. And so then basically they devised the plan about how, yeah, maybe Ragnarok needs to... Well, Ragnarok definitely needs to happen yeah. in order for Hela to be gone. Because as long as there's Asgard, there'll be Hela and she'll just get more and more powerful because her powers derive from asgard yeah and so they use the eternal flame loki does yeah which this kind of um plays events for the future because um loki is going to revive ragnarok but then of course he finds his pal the tesseract (laughs) 
just sitting there and he kind of just has a moment where you don't really see him grab it, but everybody knows, well, of course, he's not going to turn that down. Yeah. And so then Ragnarok is unleashed and... So it's Surtur is is the actual beast name, but yeah. And so um, Ragnarok starts happening, basically. Yeah. And... Um, that, by the way, so brilliant. Like to set that up at the very, the very first scene is with Surtur and yeah. and Thor, and to bring that all the way back around to the ends was such a perfect bow. And it was literally the only way they could have ended that movie satisfyingly. Like yeah. where, where like they're clearly not powerful enough to take on Hela um, and her forces and all that kind of stuff, but. Surger can and the thing that they were trying to prevent and Thor even says it he says we were trying to prevent Ragnarok we need to cause it yeah like in order to put this thing to rest so and so then I love the scene where uh Hulk basically is just like when Hulk sees like a villain he just wants to Hulk smash and he just goes (laughs) after and uh Thor's, the, Thor's like, for once in your life, don't smash. Yeah. <laughs> and so then they end up getting away. And um, Asgard basically is on a ship. And yeah. they basically, they find another location, which we see at the beginning of Infinity War. Yeah. But for the time being, it's kind of just everybody on the ship trying to find a new place. And what happens at the end of Endgame, you see Valkyrie kind of like she's like ushering her people or is that from infinity war end game end game she's like she's basically like you can tell that she's kind of going to try to lead her people yeah forward because thor is not like he's gone like he's as guardians of the galaxy or whatever yeah. but like um but yeah she's kind of like assumed to be I mean, loki's not going to do it thor's obviously out odin's dead hell is dead there's nobody really left so like valkyrie's like i will usher my people into the next phase yeah so, and then, of course, in the end credits, you see Thanos' ship. Yeah, which, as far as, is a mid-credit scene, I guess, technically, but as far as, like, after-credits scenes go, it was definitely the the least revealing. Like, we didn't yeah. get, we always had one the ship, we didn't even see Thanos. And it wasn't too much later that we got Infinity War, it came a year later, mm-hmm. or l- less than a year, I think. But Like, five months? Yeah, because it was, like... This movie came out in like November. November, or something. and then Infinity War was in May. May, so yeah, six months later. So I guess we didn't need a whole lot. We knew that that movie was coming, but um, I don't know. It's just kind of like, okay, don't forget Infinity War is coming by. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Um, she uh, Hella has that like massive dog, mm-hmm. which doesn't play as big of a part as I thought it would. Um, but it is pretty amazing to watch, like the yep. CGI of it. It's huge. Like it's like this. It's a 10 story building yep. and they end up shooting it. It does nothing. Hulk gets that awesome scene where he's fighting the thing in the water, like mm-hmm. below the bridge and stuff like that. And it, it, all that stuff looks really good. Yeah. Um, Hela, we mentioned it already, but Hela cuts out Thor's eye during their fight, which I mean, he's has no eye. Like in the next time we see him, he has an eye patch. And then of course gets an eyeball later. It's mm-hmm. not the right color. <laughs> But um, yeah, that like that all that stuff started with this movie, which is really cool. Um, I'm just going through my notes, finding stuff that we maybe skipped over. Oh, we we need to go back to Korg. I Korg is, I mean, Thor is is funny enough on his yeah. own. Like he doesn't. We don't need another funny character. But we get him in Korg, and he's awesome. Yeah, like he's such a great addition. He has 
he's he's the king of one-liners. Like he doesn't have a lot mm-hmm. of like long monologue type things. Yeah. Um, but that's part of his character. Like his character is kind of dumb. Like he's mm-hmm. he's he's th- he's hulkish. Like yeah. in his in his mentality. But I would say more of like a uh, like a baby. Like he's he's a adult you know, adult male kind of rock monster guy. Mm-hmm. So he's formidable and like, I don't want to go up against toe to toe with this guy, but he's also about as innocent as like a five-year-old. Yeah. I would agree with that. And, and that just makes him really funny. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the Doug stuff. It's like, I don't know, just anytime he's on uh, like in a scene to do anything, like he's just, he's just funny. And like, you know, at the end of the movie, he's talking about like, you know, uh, you know, Asgard, you know, as long as the foundation stands, we can rebuild it. And then it just like completely gets destroyed. He's yeah. like, all right, that's the end of that. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, he's a very good character. <laughs> and I mean, we get him going forward and <laughs> end game with fat Thor. So, um, I mean, very clever, not main character, but a very formidable subplot character i would say yeah there's a, a part where it's like they've they're fighting all the like undead army type of thing whatever and they get to the ship <laughs> he has this like insect it's not an insect it's like a i don't know it's like a, a very small friend um that he is small enough for him to carry around and um and and they they address the his friends i yeah. forget what his name is it's like meek meek that's right yep. and they're like you know meek where are you from maybe we can we can set up set up shop on your planet and he's like oh meek's dead <laughs> they're like what he's like oh yeah i accidentally st- stomped on him while we <laughs> like we were while we were finding those yep. things and he's like i've just been carrying him around <laughs> and then meek's basically revitalized <laughs> yeah he's like oh you're alive bud and he's like i'm sorry what was your question again bro <laughs> so very funny scene and a very good character in general <laughs> um even though they're short and few and far between, um, I do really love the Anthony Hopkins stuff with oh, yeah. with Odin. He's he's such a um, genteel. It's a, he's, he's a shadow of, of his like Warren self, like mm-hmm. when he was younger. He's very gentle. He's very wise. Like he's yeah. this wise character, and like he never says anything without it, it being some purpose. Like he he wants his words to be resounding all the time, mm-hmm. and even though. He's one of those guys that, like, in thirty seconds, could say what it would take somebody else thirty minutes to say. Like, he could yeah. just—he just gets right down to the heart of it and inspires, obviously, Thor. You know, at several turns, not just one or two, uh, in this movie. So, yeah, it's—I I really enjoyed watching him on screen as well. Odin's always great. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, there's some really cool action scenes just with ships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, when they're escaping from Sakar, they. Um, we didn't talk anything about Valkyrie's really cool shit, but like she has these awesome like oh yeah bal- ballistic kind of cannon things yeah, on it. It's kind of when um she pretty much whenever she's trying to capture Thor, um, you basically are just like, well, she's in major trouble. There's no way that she's going to be able to take on this whole group of soldiers. Yeah, and you're just like how on earth is that going to happen? And then her ship just basically like unleashes just chaos on these people and just like massacres them. And it's just like, okay, well her ship is awesome for sure. And it was just crazy. 
because we got a character we really didn't know a ton about. And she just, I mean, she definitely holds her own against them. And, I mean, I I said it earlier, I definitely want to see more of Valkyrie going forward. Yeah. She's really cool. And, and she's kind of BA, like, like yep. about halfway through the film, she you know, signs up to go with the, the revengers as they, yep. they're called and, um, you know, forms up this team and ends up flying them around in her ship. And then they steal a shit or they, no, they, yeah, they get the Quinjet. No, the yep. Quinjet's not going to be, power, yeah, that powerful doesn't enough. work. Yeah. They, they have the Quinjet, they find it, but it gets wrecked by Hulk actually. But, yeah. uh, and then they say it's not going to be, even if we fix it up, it's not, it's not powerful enough to go through the, the devil's anus, mm-hmm. which is basically a wormhole to Asgard. Very convenient. And so they they find a ship. They end up stealing one of Grandmaster's ships. Yep. And that's where you get the scene with Loki, and he's out. But then they Thor and and Banner is it's not even Hulk anymore. Get into that ship, and there's two ships going. So it's Valkyrie in one ship, and Thor and Banner in the other ship. And that you know she's kind of like they're all three of them are going to get away, but she's kind of like running interference for them mm-hmm. and like you know, co-pilot or not co-pilot, but like uh, wingman to them, like trying to like shoot down the other ships yeah. and stuff like that. But then at, at one point they're just getting completely overtaken and she sacrifices her ship. Her ship blows up. She, in a very heroic way, jumps off of her ship, lands on another, like a, a bad ship, like an yeah. enemy ship, destroys that one, jumps from that ship to another ship. Thor is doing the same thing. It's just total chaos. And, you know, Banner's just trying to keep things together, like just mm-hmm. keep the ship flying. And he delivers a vast line. He's like, he's like, you, you know, you have seven PhDs fly the ship. He's like, none of the PhDs are in flying alien spacecraft. Yeah. <laughs> and so like he, he just keeps the thing going straight basically as they're like just jumping from ship to ship. It's so awesome to watch that. And honestly, like you get the impression like, dude, she can like, she can tear people up just like Thor can. Oh yeah. And we even sure. get to see it on Asgard where she just starts mowing through dudes. Like mm-hmm. there's a line of undead army. It's just single handedly, just, just lopping off their heads, like just killing mm-hmm. people left and right. So yeah, it's, there's a lot of really good action in the movie. I, a lot of people talk about the humor in it and it is very, very funny. It's one of the funniest movies they've ever done, but the action is not lacking in it either. Like it's, yeah. it's all the action that you expect with just more humor than you've ever gotten. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I think we talked about all the characters. Any other scenes that you wanted to discuss? No, I, I think I've hit on all my major scenes slash favorite scenes. Yeah, I guess I guess Heimdall is is in the movie as well. He's he's really a small character in this one, but he basically he plays the role of of like keeping the people safe. Yeah. and together like while Hela's you know, basically rampaging Mm -hmm. Uh, He's trying to get them out. And he also has the sword, which we haven't mentioned scourge either, but scourge is like her right hand man that basically defects. Um, and you know, as opposed to being killed, he says, I'll work with you. Yeah. And then he, um, you know, he's, he's, you know, that her executioner or whatever, but Heimdall is trying to keep them safe away from scourge and Hela. And then, and has the sword, which I guess they need to transport. Open the Bifrost. Yeah, that's right. And so they're trying to get him and everything like that, but um, he doesn't have a lot to do. He does have a cool, a couple of cool like fight scenes um, at the very end of the movie. But uh, I, I do like Heimdall, and there is that one scene where it's Thor and Heimdall like from across the universe, like mm-hmm. speaking to one another. Heimdall has this really cool thing that he can do where he can basically commune with people from you know light years away. So 
Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 always cool to see him, even though he's kind of a smaller character. Um yeah. I again I, I talked about Hella like I don't think the Hella parts are very interesting in the movie, but they're pretty short. I, I just don't think, I mean, Kate Blanchett is awesome, but like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think her character is given a lot to do in the movie. Yeah. And the focus is clearly on Sakar. And I think as far as like bad guys, like Jeff Goldblum completely upstages her. Like as far as an interesting character that you want to know more mm-hmm. about, Hell is just kind of, to me is kind of this bland. She's very powerful and hard to beat. But like, other than that is not, there's not a lot of depth. Like she's mm-hmm. just the goddess of death. Yeah. Um, and has some backstory with Odin, but not any backstory with the boys. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little weird. Um, but, um, she serves her purpose, I think for what they needed her to do. Yeah. Um, so it is interesting to me that the movie is called Thor Ragnarok, which is really only a reference to, uh, Surtur, which isn't even the big bad. And there's like three bad guys in this movie. He's, he's like number three and how like it's, it's called Ragnarok about like how he defeats Hela. Like it's not even Thor that beats, yeah. beats her at the end. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting title for, I think for the movie, but it's one of the funniest movies they've ever made. Um, the, the, the plot is weird, but interesting. I think the way that mm-hmm. they, it shapes, shapes out. And it's just one of the best for action and comedy uh, yeah, combined. For I, sure. I would put it up there with guardians and guardians is one of the, my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. So, um, Yeah. Great. If if you're if you listen to this and you're like, man, I really need to watch that movie again, do it. It's it's so great. It'll help you, I think, get ready for Loki. Yeah. Uh, show coming up next week. Uh, boy, we're, at the time of this recording, we're at like four days out from four or five days out from Loki. So I'm I'm getting pretty excited about that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, well, let's jump into High School Musical, the musical, of the series, season two. We're gonna re- uh, review a couple episodes. I uh, somehow think this. This discussion is going to be a lot shorter than Thor Ragnarok, but um, we did talk about the first couple episodes on a previous uh, show of last ours. Last week's. Uh, was it last week? Mm-hmm. Last week we talked or about one two. two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I hadn't seen three. I hadn't yeah. seen episode three yet uh, when we recorded last week's episode. I watched both episodes this morning, so they're pretty fresh in my mind. Um, episode three is Valentine's Day, and episode four is The Storm. Um, I guess we'll go in order. Um we can kind of jump around a little bit if we need I'd to say talk about it. I'd say hit major plot points. Yeah. Can I, can I start on this yeah. one? Normally, I would throw it to you. Um, I, I'm going to throw out a love and hate with, with this season yeah. of the show. Um, love. I'll start with love. I love the music and the dancing. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting a, at least one song, most of the time two songs in every episode, new songs, yeah. songs you know, you've never heard before. And oftentimes they're associated with almost like a music video, like scene. there's one of the songs we got in, I think it's episode four is literally a music video. It's, 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 um, ne- the girl that plays Nini yep. on a bus and she's singing and she's looking at the camera. It looks like a music video. And we kind of got that with Courtney, uh, and Gina and Ashlyn, uh, in episode two as well with their yep. own little music video that they did. So we're getting more of that that we've never got in season one, which is great. Like I, I love that kind of stuff. Um, the music is really good. Like I, I, I loved the music from season one. There's some mm-hmm. iconic songs in that, but um, 
you know, like the season one for me was like the, um, I kind of, you know, like that song is so, yep. it, to me is very icon- iconic from the first season. I wonder which songs are going to become the iconic ones from this season, but they're all so good. Like mm-hmm. the, the singer songwriter songs are great, but then they have some like pop songs that are really kicking, kicking yep. like, um, the Nini one from season four, I, I think is honestly one of the best ones they've done. And then there's that awesome song that Nini and, and uh, Ricky sing t- together. It's they, they wrote their own songs for Valentine's Day for each other, but they mashed them up at the yeah. end. I'm like, this is brilliant. Like yeah, brilliant. That was very good. Brilliant music music making. So from so my love for the show for this season is on a performance standpoint, music and dancing. It is top notch. It's mm-hmm. it's some of the best I've ever seen in any 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 property. Like yeah. I would put it up against you know. Um, this is me, and you know, so, you know, things, songs that you've seen from musicals and stuff. It's really good. Here's, here's. I don't want to go so far as to say hate. I'm gonna say dislike. Um, boy, the 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 plot and the lack of conflict in the show is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, it's kind of getting boring. It's it's getting really boring. Like yeah. the first couple of episodes were kind of like, okay, I, I, I get some of the tension. There's some t- some conflict over who's gonna get what part, or obviously Nini and Ricky are estranged from each other that's going to be a you know a conflict that we're gonna to have to work out but that conflict's already over after it's four over episodes. now and, and like everyone's happy all the characters are happy yeah. except for a couple of them and it's very little minor nits like i would say the most unhappy character so far in the show unless i'm forgetting someone is gina because she has like this secret yeah. love she still loves ricky right mm-hmm but like EJ's moved on, Big Red and Ashlyn are very happy together. Carlos and Seb are very happy together. Um, Miss Jen is pretty happy. Like she's yeah. she's doing her thing. She's in this contest against this other school. Um, well, I forgot Nini. I, Nini obviously is the most unhappy. Um, but but we, that's we going that, to change now. Well, it's, it's so you'll you'll see her extre- extraordinarily happy the rest of the season, and she's been unhappy since episode one. So that's not a new thing. Yeah, um, I'm a little confused. Every every captivating story needs conflict. Mm-hmm. It needs something that's like, okay, there's not something. This is not right. This is not the way that the world should be. That needs to change. That needs to be fixed. What is there in this season that we're yeah. that we're looking at for conflict? I don't. I'm not other than Gina and Ricky and their kind of weird thing that they have going on right now. I can't think of anything that is yeah. conflict. There's in, in, any kind of conflict between the characters. It's it's a really weird choice. Yeah, and I mean that's why. I think this discussion over these two episodes is going to be very short. Yeah. Because, I mean, really not much happens. I think you're right. I mean, honestly, if you put these two episodes together, the biggest thing is Nini's not going back to the fine arts school. Right. And that's it. Yeah, pretty much. Here, here's my other. This is part B of of the same thing. So I'm not saying anything new. I'm just adding to it. it if there is a conflict, it's resolved in the same episode. Yeah, which boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. And they never did that in season one. Yeah, but like Ashlyn in the same episode has doubts about. Okay, my, my body type's not the right body type for to be Belle. Mm-hmm. Like Belle is a very specific look. I'm not that look. By the end of the episode, she's like, okay, I, I'm over it. Yeah. What? Like I, I like I wrestled with it for, with you for twenty minutes and then it's done. Yeah. So like, what was the point of even making a big deal about about this? Because one conversation with Big Red and she's over it. She's okay. Yeah. Now I can yeah. be Bell. And like, like, okay. Pretty much everybody's like pairing off too. Yeah. Like everybody, everybody's a couple in this show, 
except Gina and EJ. And, and EJ. Yeah. But everybody else. I mean, Courtney's now obviously She's, going to go with the pizza delivery guy. Howie, yeah. And so it's just like, I mean, Caitlin and I both loved season one. Season one's great. But season two has just kind of been like, eh, okay. It's it's milk toast. Yeah. I, I don't know why they would go from the excellent tension writing of the season, of season one and then go to milk toast for season two. What are yeah. they doing? <laughs> like they, I, I don't think this, if the show's going to be great and I hope, hope it will season two mm-hmm. is, I hope it's legitimately great. It will, that will have to change. Like yeah. the next couple episodes, some, there's going to be some major, the only like really tense scene at all that I saw. I mean, there, you can point to little things, but I'm not talking about those. The, the one that was like, it was palpable, like the tension was between Lily and Miss Jen. Yeah. When Lily says, I'm leaving, you know, thanks for nothing. I'm out of here. I'm moving up north. Miss Jen makes a joke about bundling up warm because she doesn't want to go to North High. And then she's out the door. And you can tell, okay, that's that's something that's going to carry on in the next episode. But everything else has been resolved. And I don't yeah. understand it. It's so weird to me. Is that, is that kind of what Caitlin has been saying too? Is like, yeah. And I mean, it's just kind of like, um, obviously, we wanted a season two. But if it continues like this, I'm going to say, just end it after season two. Yeah. Um, I mean, so season one had a lot of nostalgia and then this one will just cause people love beauty and the beast, but like it's, it's, it's taking the name of a movie that a lot of people love Mm because they grew up with this film. I didn't, but like a lot of people have. So they, they, whenever at the very least they could always say, we'll fall back on nostalgia with this movie. It's, they're not even doing High School Musical 2. They're doing Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And it it's kind of, I guess that movie's kind of nostalgic, but not in the setting. Like it's in a high school setting. Yeah. So you're you're all they're doing, all you're watching is people doing a an animated movie on stage that you love. Yes, you love the animated movie. Mm-hmm. You love those songs. Those are iconic songs. But it's just high schoolers, you're just watching high schoolers perform a movie that didn't place at a take place at a high school. So that all of the connection that we got, like the parallels between the the original movie and the new characters, kind of like mighty ducks game changers, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's relationships between the movie and the current series. That's all gone. It's all out out, out the window with, with this season. And I'm not saying that making beauty and the beast, the show that they're performing for season two was a bad choice. I actually thought it was a good choice from episode one. Uh, I was like, wow, that's clever. That's awesome. They're doing something new. Great. But when they didn't, when they lost the nostalgia, they had to replace it with something and they haven't done that. Not Mm -hmm. yet. Not after four episodes. So I'm not angry with the show. I'm not upset. I'm not worried. I guess I am a little worried, but I expect more on the, from the second half of of the series. So, and I mean, I guess conflict will be because obviously Nina's going to get apart. So I guess there will be conflict there where people's yeah. feelings are hurt because you would you would think that she's going to be Belle. Yeah, I'm, especially with Ricky being Beast, it's like how could she not be Belle? Yeah. So something's going to happen. Have have to happen with Ashlyn. Like she's going to get physically injured or something's going to happen. Like yeah. Because I mean, if she plays, what would she play in the original Beauty and the Beast? Like from three years ago, she was like a teacup or something. Yeah. Like she's a not gonna, fork. Oh, fork! It's fork. Yeah, yeah. She was a spork in the in the one three years ago. She's not gonna be a spork. 
yeah. in this one. So, I mean, unless she's the feather duster, like takes over for Gina or yeah. something like that. Like she's going to be a major role. You assume it's going to be uh, Belle, which is, that's going to be an odd choice when we get there because we literally just had a whole episode where Ashton was like coming, like coming to grips with the fact that she can yeah. be Belle mm-hmm. and then they're just going to strip that away from her. Like that's going to not feel right. Yeah. <laughs> so unless Ricky's the one that character changes, I don't know. Yeah. But it's just kind of like, you know, I mean, it had a good run with season one, but if it doesn't pick up, I mean, honestly, I'm good with just two seasons. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get some to some positive stuff here in a second, but let, yeah. let, let me stay negative just for one more thing. Um, I am, I am just completely beside myself on the lack of use for Lily. Yeah. That I, I was the the one thing in episode one, I was just like, Oh cool. Like we got, we're getting some aggression. We're getting some, mm-hmm. some rivalry. They, they introduced her in, in episode one. I don't even think she appears in episode or no, she's in episode two. Yeah. Sorry. Well, she makes a brief showing in episode one. One, two is her big yeah. one at the auditions. Episode three. She, or I guess, no, it's just episode two. Oh, she's only in two. Yep. And then she's not in three. Yeah. She is in four, but for a single scene, you literally see her in the no, scene. That's three. Oh, that's three. Okay. And then she's gone. She's not even in four. Mm-hmm. So, um, I like, and she's a great singer. Like she, her audition went really well. Like yep. I, it's, it's, it's supposed to be a shock when she doesn't get the role. Right. So, so she's, she's out of the picture in episode three. She's almost not even in the, the show mm-hmm. in the episode. And then she's gone in four. So like, is she going to come back? Yes. Is she going to be a big bad? I think so. I, yeah. I, I think she will eventually get a, a ton of screen time, but we're four episodes in and we've barely even seen her. Yeah. And I, like, that's, that to me is super weird because that is a character that you could lean on for tension and conflict and they're just not doing it. Yeah. And I, I don't even know how many episodes this season's supposed to be. Cause I mean, last, last one was 10. Yep. So, I mean, even if, even if you're looking at it, if they're doing 10 episodes, I mean, this week we're literally, Halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. By next Friday, we're halfway through the season already. It looks like there's going to be, or wait, there's a, there's a little bit of tension. Looks like there's 10 episodes again. So yeah. Yeah. We're, we're almost halfway. Yep. Again, all the other tension that you can point to resolves itself pretty quickly. So let's talk about a couple of the other ones. Um, there's tension between Gina and, and Carlos because they both want to be choreographer. They yeah. want to be the main choreographer and they don't, neither one want to play second fiddle to each other. But then that's resolved in the same episode as well. Mm-hmm. Like from the point that we understand the tension to the point that it's resolved is like a 20 minute delay. Um, there's tension between relationship tension between Seb and Carlos because Carlos gives Seb, Seb a gift and he forgot on for yeah. Valentine's day. And, but then Seb gets him a gift like, I mean, like that mm-hmm. mean, that means something. It, it appears to mean some something to him. A little potted plant that he, you know, from his garden that he made. Um, so that's that's immediately resolved. The EJ du- not going to Duke or like being rejected from Duke because that's like his whole his whole yeah. family for generations has gone to Duke, and he got rejected. Well, that seems to be resolving itself pretty quickly because Mr. Mazzara is saying, "Come, you know, be a part of the AV club. That will give you the storytelling." chops 
that yep. you need to tell a good story and get into Duke. And so that's that tension's almost dissolved. Like, so it's not without tension because I mean, if there's no tension, it's, it's literally just kids hanging out <laughs> at school. Yeah. Um, but it's they're just resolved so, so quickly. Like, mm-hmm. give me give me a couple episodes to kind of wrestle with this. You know. Yeah. So and so I mean, I really don't know exactly where they're headed with this show. Yeah. I'm going to go positive. Okay. On on a new one. Then you, you throw out some positives too, if you yep. have some. I'll, I'll try. <laughs> um, I am, I am really enjoying the Nini Miss Jen relationship. Okay. Um, I think, <clears throat> I think Miss Jen, you're going to see a lot from Miss Jen and Nini together in the, in this season. Mm-hmm. And in the first season, Miss Jen was always arm's length, kind of aloof from the kids. Yep. Like she saw herself as like holier than thou. Like I'm the Broadway star. And all of you guys are peons and I'm going to tell you what's going on, and I'm, yep. I'm the pro. And she learned a lot from season one. In season two, she's taking much more of a backseat, kind of letting the kids kind of run the show. Yeah. Uh, Carlos is choreographing, choreographing the whole thing. And and she's giving direction, but she's she's definitely, like, trying to, like, um, more facilitate mm-hmm. the situation than lead it. And then she has this really touching scene. I loved the scene between her and and Nini in the car. So yeah. like the storm is, is falling down and it's, I think to me is very um, parallel with the storm that's kind of going on in Nini's life. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she feels like she's under a constant cloud and there's, there's snow falling all around the vehicle. They're trapped. She feels trapped in her life, you know, emotionally, relationally, everything's, I think a very good uh, parallel in that scene. But I think the most touching part of it isn't about her and Ricky and how Miss Jen is like counseling her. It's, their relationship together and everything that Nini hates about this Academy that she's going to, that's all stuffy and drama, you know, super serious Yeah, and you know, muted Mondays and stuff like that. All the, all the, the terrible stuff. Um, she asked Miss Jen, you know, how, what happened to you on Broadway? Like, why did you leave Broadway to come teach? You know, and you think it's going to be the story of like, Oh, I just couldn't cut it in Broadway. Like I wasn't good enough or whatever, but that's not where she goes with her story. She goes, I was at an audition for the original cast of frozen and I was sitting there in the audition chairs waiting for my chance. And I was sitting right next to a girl that was auditioning for, uh, to play young Elsa. And she was terrified and like, you know, really worried about going up there. And, um, you know, I, I found myself, more concerned about helping her get her shot Mm -hmm. than I was about my own ability to get the same shot for a different role. And she's like, in that moment, I realized I'm not where I need to be like where I need to be. Obviously I care about teaching. I want to see young people come up and learn Mm -hmm. how to act and all that and sing. And so she's like, and that was it for me. Like I knew I had to go into teaching. And in that moment, Nini goes, Oh my God, like you are literally everything I'm looking for and that I'm not getting out. People would kill to go to Yak, but yep. I'm there. It's terrible, and you are everything that I'm looking for in a mm-hmm. in a coach and a director. And so, she, I mean, ultimately, when she decides to come back to East High, she, you would think it's all about Ricky because they make a lot of a big deal both episodes three and four about her her relationship with Ricky, and they want they just want to be together. Or they want to yeah. be together. They want to be together. But at the end of the episode of episode four. It's not just for Ricky. She does mention his name, but her number one reason is to be with Miss Jen. And yeah. I, I thought that was very surprising and very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it gives a lot of power to her character to say, 
I'm at I'm at at East High because it's me. It's it's more of like who I am as a person. Yeah. As opposed to you know going for it's it's kind of Mighty Ducks Game Changers ish. Like I want to be a part of the Don't Bothers and not this you know serious Mighty Ducks team. Yeah. So so I mean I agree with you. The relationship between Miss Jen and Nini is very powerful, of course, and but I feel like the one positive aspect I have right now that I keep coming back to is Ricky and Nini's relationship. And I mean, as long as that's going on, I'm okay. Yeah. And I mean, the script isn't the best, but as long as those two are going, it's good. Um, Maybe a little tension and drama between them would be good as well. But um, I think their relationship um, has things going in the right direction. And um, I'm not quite ready to give up on this show. Because season one was very good. But um, and I do love these characters. Like yeah. they feel like friends of mine. Like I, I want to see them succeed. Yeah. So, I mean, I just really don't have much <laughs> to say about it. Yeah. As far as like future things that I'm excited to see more of, like uh, Mr. Mazzara kind of has a connection with EJ and talks about how he tried to get into Caltech and couldn't. He tried, you know, he applied four and a half times and he mm-hmm. never got in. And EJ is you know, seeing a relationship kind of start with him about, you know, Hey, maybe you can mentor me and help me, you know, get into Duke. So like Mr. Mazzara was very, very background character in season one, but he's becoming more of a front, a front facing character in season two. And I actually, I I really like him. Like, um, Benjamin, I think is his first name. Yeah. But like Ben, Ben and Jen, (laughs) uh, is the other thing, right? Where like they, he thought they were going on a date Jen gets to the pizza place and sees Ricky's dad and you know, my, my biggest crush is here and she leaves him in the dust, mm-hmm. but you could tell he's longing for something with her. Oh, yeah. Like for sure. So, so yeah, I think, I think one of the budding relationships that you'll see again, it's more pairing up, I guess, but like, I think the, the Ben and Jen thing, I, I think is, is something you're going to see more of. So, you know, we have a couple of those things to look forward to. Um, maybe Gina and EJ get together and then everyone's got a couple <laughs> that they're a part of. Um, so, yeah. Is it is anyone not in a relationship between, like, you, you said earlier, it's just EJ and Gina. Pretty much. And then Ben and Jen, basically. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, the Howie and Courtney thing is going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. So... Yeah, the only one that's that's on the outs that doesn't even have something in the works is Ricky's dad. And I did think it was a little weird that that Ricky moved. Like, he literally moved out of his house into an apartment or a smaller house and, like, didn't even tell Nina. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Nini gets there to serenade him on his front lawn and he doesn't live there anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what, you didn't think that would be important to mention on one of your many, many FaceTime calls? But, yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and then I guess one last positive thing we can wrap up with this is, um, the music is so good in this. And I know, <laughs> I know I kind of made this my positive earlier, but, uh, Seb, I mean, I don't think it's actually him playing the piano, but his piano playing is so cool. And the jazz like mm-hmm. stuff is really neat and how he works jazz into the conversation of like thinking through his f- feelings like jazz 
it, you know, improvisation and all that kind of stuff, how it relates to human uh, talk, kind of like the soul movie really. Yeah. Um, I think is all really interesting stuff. But when she sings, when he sends her that voicemail of him playing a jazz version of the, the beauty and the beast song, tale is old as time, that song. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's jazz with jazz chords and stuff like that. An arrangement of that song. I was like, this is cool. Like this is, this is really neat. Like I, my ears perk up and I sit up in my seat when, when they do new things musically, um, than what you, what you're expecting them to do. So yeah, I, I'm still hopeful for the show. I'm not like, I'm not super, I've been, I feel like I've been pretty negative in our discussion today, but I'm not like opposed to the show. I just like, I just want it to get better and I feel like it could, I even, I even feel like it will, but we're just right now, we're just kind of, kind of just treading water a little, little bit. Yeah. So anyway, we'll get, we'll definitely get um, Caitlin on at some point to talk about it, at least by the finale. Like I, mm-hmm. I need to get her, her perspective on the show because yeah. a lot of the romance and the winks and nods and stuff like that, little flirtation stuff is not really our thing. Like it's not a guy's thing typically to, to be into that kind of stuff. And I want to know if that stuff worked for her and, and kind of get her perspective on things. Maybe we'll, we'll get her on sometime. So, yeah, that's it on that one. Yeah. That's pretty much all I got too. Okay. okay. <laughs> You've been strangely silent on that one. I, I feel like this is mostly a show that, I mean, you, you're enjoying it, but I think Caitlin is, is wanting to watch it and you're just <laughs> kind of watching it with her. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where, um, I had a lot to say for the first two episodes, but I mean, yeah. there really isn't much to unpack with I, these last two. We know that there's a rivalry coming between these two schools and we still haven't seen it. That has to be coming soon. It's going to be very rushed. Yeah. Like the next episode is like Quinceanera or whatever. Yeah. It's like, we're still not going to get to the the musical. I, my guess is by episode six is finally when yeah. we get to see North high. Cause you're Lil, Lily has to come back. North high has to be, we haven't even seen the director of, yeah. of North high uh, since the first episode. Yeah. So, so. interesting. <laughs> Well, it, hopefully that comes back around in the second half. Yeah. Um, what else have you been watching on Disney Plus? Why don't you jump into Loki? Because yep. I've been doing a lot of talking, and you're the only one that, got, that actually got to watch it. So yeah. So, um, a new Marvel Legends came out this uh, past or yesterday. We're recording on a Saturday, so just yesterday on Friday, a new Marvel Legends came out, and we kind of just last week's episode we talked about how. We thought it was just going to be Loki, but they actually did two of them. They did one on Loki, and then they did one on the Tesseract as well. So that's so weird because that, that was not in the like what's coming up on yeah. Disney Plus. Like we talked about what's coming out this as of the time of this recording yesterday, yeah, uh, Friday, June fourth, and that wasn't even on the list. Yeah, so it was weird. So um, I'll just basically do a brief rundown of what. Uh, happen in the Loki one they basically start with the events of Thor then they move briefly touch on Avengers and they don't really talk about Thor Dark World other than him dying and then him coming back and Thor Ragnarok yeah and then um they talk about the Infinity War scene which then they don't really talk about Endgame at all they kind of leave the Endgame part for the Tesseract scene. And so the Loki one, it really doesn't cover a whole lot. Just basically Loki's mischief. Yeah. He's, 
I don't think he has a lot of depth until you get to Ragnarok, but yeah. um, was there anything from the earlier stuff that, that you had kind of forgotten about or mm, not really? Yeah. Um, cause I mean, it just basically talks about like all the schemes that he does. Sure. And so there really wasn't a ton. Um, I definitely found the Tesseract one, uh, very much more interesting because why, why don't you tell, why don't you kind of, you don't have to recap the entire episode, yeah. but kind of run, run, by me and our listeners, like what, where is the test rack been yeah. like, all this time? So it basically starts out where, um, how they find the Tesseract in the bottom of the ocean. And, um, so basically it comes from the Captain America first Avenger movie. Okay. And it's, uh, basically how Red Skull gets his powers. And so, that's a very interesting. And then it ends up when the ship goes down, um, Howard Stark pulls it out of the ocean. And then, um, the thing that I forgot about was how Captain Marvel basically is fueled by the Tesseract. And a lot of her powers come from that. I forgot about that too. Yep. So, um, that, then they go to 1995 when Captain Marvel takes place yeah. and goes through all that. And then they move on to 2012, of course, with the whole Avengers scene. And then they end with the events and end game to where they're going back in time and uh, fake Loki, I'll call him, <laughs> is being held and then the Tesseract just rolls out and fake Loki goes for it. And then that's the end. Yeah. He disappears and that's probably where we're going to start. Yeah. In episode one for Loki. I would assume where Loki goes next. I would assume the very first scene in that show is seconds after that. Yeah. Occurrence. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a must watch it for sure. Um, the, the Tesseract is interesting because it's, it's, it's just an infinity stone yep. essentially at the end of the day, but it is more special than all the others in the sense of how, how prescient it's been on the entire series. Like yep. it's interesting that they devoted an entire episode to Marvel legends to this object yep. because it really is that important. Which so. I mean, if you think about it, it's the power stone. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the most powerful one obviously. Yeah. But I mean, I thought it was awesome and it's really, I mean, I guess you had the mind stone with vision, but I mean, it's really the only one that, I mean, obviously the Tesseract is going to play a key part in this show. Otherwise they won't have done a Marvel legends on it. Yeah. Did they show it's so recent in memory? Did they do any one division showing? No. Uh, yeah. Cause the Tesseract is what gave them their powers yeah. too. It's interesting how many, how many pe- powerful people, people with powers there are in the MC that owe it to the Tesseract. Yeah. Uh, it's really, so it's pretty crazy for sure. Yeah. Both good and bad, like villains and stuff like that too. Yeah. So cool. I, I will definitely watch those. They're obviously really short. Yeah. So. They're, I mean, you can knock them both out and like with credits, maybe like 10 to 12 minutes. Yeah. I think they're both clocked at eight minutes. So I think it's very clever to keep this as a separate series from the Loki show. Yeah. Like it is clearly supposed to be like a previously on that you might watch before Loki, like Loki episode zero is what yeah. they could have called this, mm-hmm. but to make it its own thing, 
I think gives it a lot of credence and weight. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's, it's interesting that they're doing it that way. I've definitely enjoyed them so far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've watched every single one. So, and they're obviously short enough. It's, it's not a big deal, but yeah, I will definitely be watching both of those. That's, that's interesting that they did one on the test rack. I'm still yeah. not like over like how weird that is, but uh, it definitely, I think it's going to be helpful information. I definitely think that it's a better one than the Loki one. Yeah. Cause a lot of the Loki stuff was fresh in my mind yeah. already, but I mean, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, I will definitely watch those. Yeah. Um, I did not watch this week's bad match, so I'll probably be watching that this weekend sometime. I just, um, like all the stuff comes out on Friday, which is like one of the worst days of the week for me to watch anything. Like until this week, Phil, <laughs> that's true. Finally, uh, Wednesday release, but, um, so we'll get Loki on Wednesday, but, but yeah, for, I mean, we went to a baseball game last night and I worked late. So all worked all day Friday, went to a baseball game last night. We didn't, didn't get home until after 11. It had been a very long day, 16 hours away from home. And I was just ready to go to bed. Woke up this morning, watched as much as I possibly could, like the high school musical mm-hmm. stuff. And that was all I had time for. So, um, we recorded early on, on Saturdays mostly. So, um, but yeah, I will definitely get to Bad Batch. Um, the one thing that you and I watched together, because it was like six minutes long right before we hit record, is the Us Again uh, yeah. short. Um, I keep wanting to call it a Pixar short, but I don't think it's Pixar. I think mm. it's just Disney Animation yeah. Studios. So um, one, I don't want to spoil too much just in case people, I guess, haven't seen it, but there's yeah. not much to spoil. It is a, it's wordless. There, mm. there, are, no, there are no, there's no script in, in this in this production. It's, I guess we can spoil it. Well, we're going to spoil us again. It's there's not really much to say about well, it. So I guess you could just <laughs> say the main overlying yeah. theme, and then people can go and watch it without. You, yeah, you go first. What 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 did you kind of take away from? I it? mean, it's basically. I mean, you get from the title, not really. I mean, you kind pretty of. much do. Yeah. Um, it's just basically about these elderly people that are are the elderly gentlemen is longing to be young again and so that's basically where they get the title they just want to be us again yeah and she's more spry than he is like she was just like hey let's go out dancing and he's like no i'm just gonna sit here in my my easy chair so i mean it's it's a good short it's yeah to me it's it's very short um six minutes but like it, it to me it's what it wants to get across is that you can still be young at heart yep. like they at, by the end of it they they still dance like they're they, they're only young as as far, as long as they're in this magical storm that's yep. coming down and and he chases it like you can see it say he's ch- he's chasing his youth by you know the storm's moving mm-hmm. and he's trying to catch up to it but ultimately that's fleeting like in our lives we can't get away from the aging process yeah and so he can't stay in the storm forever when it leaves him he has two choices to go back to the easy chair or to go back to his wife and dance and he chooses his wife. So I think the the what we're supposed to walk away with is that it doesn't matter how old you are, you can always be us yeah. again. So um, yeah, it's, it's very touching. I, 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 it was not what I was expecting. It's, you know, talking about music videos, it, it kind of feels like a music video. Mm-hmm. There, there are no words and they're, they're, um, their physical motions, their arms and their legs and their heads are moving to the beats of the music. So if you've ever seen like a trailer for a movie and like people are like shooting guns with like the hitting of like um, drums and stuff like that, it's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, but the the whole thing is done that way. And it's, the music's really good. It's, it's a lot of piano stuff, but also like just full on jazz. Yeah. 
and it's it feels like a good companion to Soul. It's interesting that they released it with Raya. Um, I would have thought it'd be more at home with Soul, but um, but yeah, it's it's good. It's it's not like you're not gonna watch it again and again. I think it's a one time watch. But. Yeah. So yeah, that came out this week as well. Let's talk about what's coming out next week before we wrap things up today. Um, so this will be for okay. I got two dates now because we got to think about Loki. So this is mostly for uh, Friday. June 11th, mm-hmm. but it's also going to be June 9th as well. So Wednesday, June 9th, uh, uh, Loki episode one. I am so pumped yeah. for this show. Bring it on. Um, it's uh, Loki features the God of mischief as he steps out of his brother's shadow in a new series that takes place after the events of Endgame. Um, Owen Wilson is in the show. I yeah. think that's going to be amazing. There's several other uh, actors I've not, not seen before. Um, and I think it's a six episode. It's a limited. It's kind of like a something like that. The Falcon and Winter Soldier. So we're not going to get you know a couple months worth of. It'd be less than a couple months worth of episodes if it's six. But um, I cannot wait for the show, man. I I'm well, I'm more hyped for this show than I was for the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, for and sure. Falcon and Winter Soldier was amazing. <laughs> so I, I can't even fathom how how good this show is going to be. Good going to be. I think what you're going to get with the show that you've not gotten in the past is. Uh, just it's the time variance authority is at the, at the heart of things. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a, a quantum leapish is kind of the, the, the vibe I I'm getting of, of him like jumping in and out of time and space. Like, okay, we're going to leap you to this year in this country. And then we're going to leap you to this, maybe this planet, um, you know, from present day. Yeah. And then you're going to leap back to a hundred years ago to, you know, like fixing all of the things that he broke. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be great. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see, because this genre-wise, this this is going to be new um, for mm-hmm. MCU. We've we've seen outer space, like that kind of space time kind of stuff, but this is going to be very unique. Um, they didn't really even get into the time travel until Endgame, and that yeah. was that was only a couple of years ago. So this is going to be a you know alternate universe, more fringe maybe inspired than anything. Um, you know, alternate universes and time uh, time variants and stuff like that. So I'm I'm excited. Uh, so that's. June 9th. We'll get that on Wednesday. And I'm excited it's coming out in the middle of the week. That'll give me more time yeah. to watch it. June 11th. Uh, this is what's coming out. So Zenimation season two. Uh, it is, uh, it says the series that creates a mindfulness soundscape experience with scenes from the timeless films of Walt Disney animation. Hmm. Uh, Let's see, all new episodes, uh, including scenes from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Ryan, oh, well, Ryan the Last Dragon, interesting. So old stuff and new stuff. Okay. And it's they're calling it an oral experience. Like, um, you, I don't know if it's just music or like it's, um, oh, what's that What's that one that everyone talks about from the 60s or whatever, uh, Mickey Mouse like and the uh, magic and conducting the brooms. Fantasia. Yeah, it's it, to me it seems like a Fantasia type of thing, but I don't know. Maybe it's just as oral. So maybe no, is this? It does say visual, visual and sound artists. So I don't know if it's just like a, like kind of a, you know, um, music. I don't know music representation <laughs> yeah. of these movies basically. So Zenimation season two is coming out. Uh, High School Musical episode five, obviously the Quinceanero. Uh, Gina and Seb rally the group to throw Carlos the music and dance for a quinceanero he never had. Uh, meanwhile, Ricky accidentally oversteps in more ways than one, and Miss Jen gets a wild idea about how to get Nini back on stage at East High. So I guess we will get the kind of answer to that question about what, what Nini's going to do. Big Shot Episode 9 comes out on uh, June 11th. If you are watching that show and you want to tell us what it is and how great it is, please write into the show. Um, you can do that 
uh, by emailing Disney plus reviews at hotmail.com. Um, I, I, I don't know anyone who's watching that show. So <laughs> if you have any thoughts on it, let us know. Uh, Bad Batch episode seven is coming out. Uh, Gordon Ramsay, Uncharted, Port- Portugal. There was one of those last week, like yesterday. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. Texas was was the last one, and then this one is Portugal. So I guess he's going all over. Um, Disney Junior Puppy Dog Pals uh, season four is coming out uh, next Friday. Uh, J- Jordan loves that show, so she'll be excited about that. That's great for if you have younger kids. It's preschool oriented. Uh, get this. Grant, the pacifier okay, with Vin Diesel is coming out. Uh, I didn't even know that was a Disney movie, to be honest. I never had any interest in watching that film. Uh, but this is a Vin, Di- Vin Diesel basically playing um, like a nanny yeah. uh, to kids. So if you're into that kind of thing, watch that one. Uh, the Happiest Millionaire looks like a, an older film. Um, boy, I've never heard of this movie. I have not either. 1967 musical film starring Fred McMurray uh, based on the true story of Philadelphia millionaire Anthony J. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, that's there if you, if you want to check that out. And then uh, The Incredible Dr. Pole is another show I've not, not heard of. Season 18 is it's what, what you're getting on Friday. The 18th season of The Incredible Mr. Pole. Um, Dr. Jan Poole has been a practicing veterinarian for more than half of his life. Uh, see, they... They started a vet business out of their home, have more than 19,000 clients now. And it's just like the, the central Michigan, uh, this guy from central Michigan that basically does veterinary, um, like for like farm animals and stuff like yeah. that out of his house. Okay. 18 seasons of that show. So <laughs> maybe watch all 18 this, this next week. That'd be something to do with your time, I guess. So that is it. Uh, obviously the highlights for us is going to be, uh, Loki, High School Musical, the musical, the series. Although we might skip, I'm talking about that episode. I, I feel like every couple episodes is probably about yeah. right for that for that show. Um, the the big one being Loki. I'd say we probably need to devote a whole episode to Loki. I think you're right. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about in that first yeah. episode. Um, we'll have some predictions and just kind of, um, you know, what what's what's going on in that world and where we, where do we think it's going? I think it might be a little bit of a shorter episode for us next week, yeah. but I think we just lean hard on Loki because. Uh, I think that's going to be Loki is going to be big. I, yeah. I I really believe that it's going to be the summer show that a lot of people are talking about. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to want to miss that, and we'll we'll send uh, a whole episode about that next week. So, uh, in fact, they have not released any details about episode yeah. two. They're being very silent about what's coming. So that gets me really really pumped. Um, all right. Um, well, thanks for listening to the show. Let us know what you want to hear about on this podcast, or send us your own review, like Big Shot. I would love to find out if anyone's watching that show. Um, we'd love to include you Disney plus reviews and that's PLUS all spelled out Disney plus reviews at hotmail.com is the way you do that. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about Loki episode one and all the good stuff that comes with that. And we will talk to you more then.